Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I'm good. I, I'm good. I'm in my house. I'm not in my truck. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's another podcast in a truck week for old Mike Gilbert. I am uh I'm at my aunt's house in a beautiful ish Tulare, California. Uh, pretty close to uh, Bakersfield. It's like right in between Bakersfield and Fresno, California. Um, I was actually hoping to be able to do it from inside her house, but my grandfather, who is in his late 70s, and he just got out of the hospital recently, he is uh, he is inside the living room with the volume turned up as loud as possible, watching <laughs> an old Bruce Willis movie like a real man should. It's a, a movie called Rising Sun. That's a good just, movie. Uh, dude, underrated flick, bro. Like I, I don't think that movie gets enough love. When people talk Bruce Willis, it's always, you know, it's it's Die Hard, it's uh, The Sixth Sense, it's stuff like that. But Rising Sun is right up there in quality with all those movies, I think. Rising Sun does not have Bruce Willis. Rising Sun has Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes. Oh, no. So um, the war movie, what's it called? It's, uh, you know, now I got to look it up. It was um, Bruce Willis. It's got Bruce Willis and uh, Barry Pepper. And Cole Hauser. Tears of the Sun. Tears of the Sun. Rising Sun is okay. That's the movie. Rising uh, right, Sun is the Yakuza movie with Wesley yes. Snipes and uh, 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 Sean Connery. Yes, and that is also a badass movie. I do like um, Rising Sun actually. Quite yeah. A so Tears of the Sun. Yes. You know what's funny is I go, hey, what what movie are you watching, Grandpa? And he goes, Rising Sun. And then I was just like, you know, it's been twenty twenty years since that movie came out, so I was like, oh, fair. okay, fair, yeah. yeah. I get but it. anyway, so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm on the road again. I should be back in my house next week uh, to uh, to re- lay down some great audio. But uh, hey, we had a we had a really fun show of Impact this week. Lots of cool matches. Lots of good wrestling on Impact this week. It actually, uh, surprised me a little bit. I was uh, the show went a little above and beyond. I thought, you know, it's good. Yeah. So you know, last week was super promo heavy, mm-hmm. um, and the promos are basically leading to this week. And this week was uh, very match heavy. So a little bit of the smaller promos, but uh, that were effective. But I thought the wrestling up and down the card was really good. No, I like I like getting balanced. I think we're seeing a lot of that in uh, on wrestling shows. Is one week you get a lot of angles, one week you get a lot of promos, one week you get a lot of matches. It keeps uh, it keeps these shows from getting monotonous and repetitive. And I appreciate it. I appreciate the extra effort. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we'll, we'll go ahead and get started uh, on uh, BTI this week. They had Carl Anderson defeating Diener. Cool. And that was talking BTI. 
cool cool yeah thanks everybody for talking bti with us that was great uh show opened with a graphic for scott hall um legendary scott hall tna original scott hall many people don't realize that he was on the uh, the first episode of a tna back in 2002 so um you know rest in peace scott hall man this uh, this episode is dedicated to you absolutely uh we got the opening video recapped uh, josh alexander's return and his confrontation with eddie edwards from last week which led to tonight's main event between alexander and matt Taven. and i just want to say one thing i am pretty happy that they put alexander and Taven in the main event i felt like they were probably going to go bullet club and motor city machine guns um, but I think if Josh Alexander is going to be your guy going forward, any match he's in should be pretty much the main event, right? Yeah, I agreed. I'll have thoughts on this match when we get to it. Um, yeah, that was a good call. That was a good call. Did you notice that we did not, in fact, own the night this week? I, you know what? So they they did play the the shitty guitar riff throughout the show, um, like going in and out of commercial breaks. But no, they. They didn't actually own the night in the beginning. I didn't know. Well, because I watched on the on, on the app. So I did not notice the guitar riffs. So perhaps they were there, but I didn't I didn't hear them at all. So I thought that was interesting because I think we're all kind of over that song, you know? Yeah, I'm we're done owning the night. We need a new jam. It's time to get a new one in there. So um, but the first match of the night was uh I thought was awesome. This on the uh, Motor sure, yeah. City Machine Guns. Yeah. Motor City Machine Guns defeated the Bullet Club by Jay White and Chris Bay. Um, I, I thought this was an incredible match, man. And uh, within, uh, within you know, uh, I guess the Motor City Machine Guns, they, uh, they hit their finisher on uh, Chris Bay, the skull and bones, and then White tried to break it up, but he was just a little bit too late, which I thought was kind of a cool finish. Uh, you know, it was a very close match. Uh, I I wanted to see these guys again, and good news is, is they're going to do this match again in Philly this weekend. I loved this. Fit. First of all, the match was awesome. Like it's funny, like you, you know, you have those friends that you never you don't talk to too often, but you get back with them, and it's like old times. Like you never missed a beat. That's the Motor City Machine Guns. They can go years without tagging, but when they're right back together, it's like no time's been missed whatsoever, right? And I love this finish because we see guys breaking up pins all the time. And the fact that Jay White was just a split second late really made it because it made you wonder if seconds like, oh, did they mess up? Did this, did they have to just run it? Like, no, it was really cool. I, I, I appreciated all of this. This was a great segment and a really good professional wrestling match. Yeah. And I thought it was a, a great way to lead into a rematch. There's a little bit of controversy, but there's no real screw job. No, no, no I, screw job. Yeah. I liked it. Creative, creative finish. Like it was simple finish. We should see stuff like that more often in wrestling. It was good. Yeah, man. Uh, great, great match. I recommend everybody go out of the way to watch this one. Um, you put it, put it in your, your machine there. If you are not a regular impact viewer, which I know some of you guys are. Um, yeah. Please go out of your way to watch that. I highly recommend it. Um, next match is uh, Steve Macklin uh, defeating Kazuyuki Fujita. What? Um, I mean, Rhino, sorry. Oh. Same guy. Yeah. Come whoa, on. That's a good whoa. joke. That's a That's a good joke. JD. Come on. You, you confused me for a second because I don't have my notes open. I'm like, I think I, rem <laughs> I think I remembered that one. <laughs> Look, they, they're both moving around about the same right now. <laughs> yes. But Rhino is not the champion. Whereas no. Kazuki Vegeta <laughs> is the champion of the second most popular promotion in Japan. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll go to the end. Sorry, I, I typically will read how the match ends, but I my uh, iPad quit on me for a second, but I got it up now. So uh, Rhino attempted to come back, but was again dropped to the DDT for a two count. Macklin tried to follow with a diving headbutt, but Rhino moved out of the way, and the match was back with both men in equal standings. Rhino dropped Macklin with some clothesline, but Macklin came back with a backplex. Uh, Rhino blocked and reversed the suplex, but as the crowd started to chant for the gore, 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 Macklin got him on the jumping knee and then hit the gore on Rhino himself for the win. What do you think about Macklin getting the win with a gore here on old Rhino? That's how you put a guy over, right? Macklin's, yeah. Macklin and Josh Alexander could be something to watch out for in the latter half of 2022. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think it's one of those um, things that they're definitely building him up and they, they're clearly building him up to... Uh, 
to take on uh, to Josh Alexander eventually. I like mm-hmm. how they're starting to to groom some heels, right? Getting them strong because you know that Alexander's going to need a bunch of heels to face off with. Um, at, you know, once he wins that title, and he's going to win the title. And I think uh, you know Macklin and Jonah are two of the guys that he's going to be facing once he wins that title. Well, I think this has been the problem in the past is we didn't have enough guys kind of ready to go, right? And now we're we're getting guys ready. So this is this is good stuff. This is actually good booking. Very very pleased with all of this. Macklin looks cool, and that's in that Punisher esque. Actually, the Punisher changed the logo, so I can't call that Punisher esque, but like old school Punisher esque jacket that I quite I quite liked. Look good on him. Yeah, yeah, he looks he looks great. Um, and so we go backstage, and Kayla with a K was approached by the inspiration. They talked to him about uh, knowing he was trying to help them and sacrifice, and they were not mad, but hope that he gets it right next time. Alrighty then, there you go. That was that. I must have played with my phone during this segment because I have zero memory that this happened. (laughs) So this must have been the segment where my daughter was crying in her bed and wanting me to come and lay with her. And I was trying to convince her otherwise. And uh, ultimately, I won the argument and she laid by herself. So there you go. Hmm. That's what what was happening during that segment. Um, Dad life, folks. Uh, Then Rhino was approached by Heath in the locker room. Uh, He said that they need to get back to work together as a team. They've been uh, they've been unsuccessful as singles in the last couple of weeks. So it's best they get together and go after the tag titles. I think this is a good idea for them because I don't really care to see them in singles competition. Agreed. Uh, Brian Myers came out to, to do commentary for the next match. He is the, uh, the, the creative commentator or a commentator pro uh, table um, for the, for the next match. Um, Bupinder Gujar defeated old Larry D. And this match was okay. I felt like this went on probably five minutes too long, though, especially if they're trying to get this Guja kid over. Uh, with Larry D only in for the night, um, I thought they could have uh, beat up Larry D in about three minutes. I will. I normally don't complain about match length, right? Like, I'm of the mind that, you know, sports goes long, guys challenge guys. But I just really lost interest in this match about yeah. halfway through. And I actually, I actually thought Guja did some really cool stuff. Like, he's, he's really starting to grow on me. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like him. But again, Larry D is a guy that we were told was leaving impact and he's still an impact for some reason. So I don't need this much Larry D in my life. No. Um, but, you know, what what I do need is more Brian Myers because he had the funniest freaking line he's, on commentary. He's great. He should be the commentator. Actually, he's <laughs> really good at this. Yeah, he's he's he said that, uh, you know, he was questioning why Larry D was away. He said, oh, he must have been on that Buddy Rose blowaway diet. And uh, I laughed pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, after. Uh, oh, yeah. So Gujar beat him, hit him with the spear off the middle rope. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, W. Morrissey came down to the ring and chased away Myers. Meanwhile, in the ring, Guja pushed, pushed away Raj Singh and sent him to Morrissey's feet, who then dropped Singh with a BQE through the commentary table. That is uh, the new weekly thing. Morrissey went from kind of being stone cold to now he's 911. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good comparison. It's, uh, it's a, that's a big drop, man. 911 was over in 1995. People love 911, but. Um... They didn't love him like they love Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. Um, so we go we go backstage. Um, Mike Bailey was meditating. And you know what's then up all with this? Why is Mike Bailey always meditating? What are they trying to tell me? I think they want him to be like, you know, the happy-go-lucky martial arts kid. And, and maybe that's just his gimmick. I don't know. Maybe that's his gimmick from the indies. But they're really, like, laying into it here on Impact. I guess. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, so he was meditating, and then Ace Austin approached him and told him that when he qualifies uh, to the X Division three-way match at Rebellion, he hopes that Bailey will have his back during the match. Um, basically saying, like, you know, you have my back. Make sure that I'm going to be the X Division title, or I'm going to be the X Division champion. So Ace Austin is essentially trying to manipulate Bailey, who he thinks is stupid. Meanwhile, in the real world, Bailey has been wrestling for about you know ten to twelve years longer than ace austin has so and i think it's about 10 years older than him so i don't i don't, I don't know why they're even doing this but uh, the whole thing is weird to me bailey twisted around said they'll have each other's backs and made the best man win kind of deal it's i don't understand why they have an alliance still like i know i've been watching this every week but i don't get what it's one of these like can they coexist type things and they're doing a great job of coexisting although 
I don't know why. Like, it's just because Speedball's a good dude. I don't know. It's it's a weird yeah. angle. You know, I'm not, I don't hate it, but at the same time, I don't really, I don't see it. We feel like we're in the mud. Like, it really feels like it's spinning its wheels at this point. Like, we're not progressing at all. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that feeling too. And I think what they're trying to do is that uh, Speedball Bailey is just way too nice and doesn't understand, and he's naive, and he doesn't understand that he's being manipulated. And then at the very end, it's all the sham. Like he knew the whole time they were going to try to manipulate him. And he's, you know, he's out for himself too. I, I think that's where they're going with it. Yeah. Um, either way, what, where they need to go is they need to get Speedball Billy the damn X Division title because he's been having these kick-ass matches all over the country. Um, and he should do it with that belt around his waist. Yeah, I, I don't know why more, um, I don't know why more guys in Impact and AEW and MLW don't do more of these uh, indie shows around the country where you could really just keep doing great work and build your name and you know make more money you know works out yeah yeah absolutely nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to be an nfl fan even if you live far away like maybe you like the bears but you're hibernating in panthers territory but with nfl sunday ticket your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away specifically the distance from you to your remote control NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Honor No More cut a promo backstage, implying that Alexander needs to watch his back because Honor No More work together. Alicia Edwards, who uh, is not going to be in the running for Best Supporting Actress on a television show this coming up year. I, I don't think she's going to get a nod, unfortunately for her. Um, <laughs> approached them, and before he could talk to Edwards, she had to tell off Honor No More in defense of Alexander. Um, and then Alicia once again tried to talk sense into Eddie, um, saying she'll stay behind uh, Impact over Honor No More. It didn't have it in, in the write-up here, but there was a one line that I thought was pretty good by Taven. He said, um, basically calling out, you know, Alexander a B, by saying, uh, you know, Demore sent you home, and then you went home. He mm-hmm. goes, they sent us home, and we just kept coming back because we take what we want. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm on your side there, Taven. That was a good, that was a good point. Um, so when this whole thing started, Taven, I thought really Taven was going to be kind of the centerpiece to this on our no more angle. And he's really taking a back seat to Eddie Edwards, which I don't know. It's got very Steve Austin and the Alliance vibes to me. Right. That's, mm-hmm. I guess it's not a bad thing, but I think, I do think Matt Taven, every opportunity he's gotten here at impact, he's really proven how damn good he really is at just about every aspect of professional wrestling. So yeah, I thought he was great. I thought it was a great line. You know, it was not great. Lish Edwards' acting skills. No. <laughs> In a business full of bad actresses, she stands out. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was worse than your local community theater. It was. Uh, it was that bad. Yeah. Um, you know, less is more with Alicia Edwards. I've always said. Yes, she was good in <laughs> the swinger stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because they gave her, you know, onesie, twosie lines here and there. It wasn't right, like where she had to, to do and say a whole lot. So they just would, they would just give her like a funny one liner and she'd always deliver it fine. She but did. Now... She did. But I mean, like, yeah, she, like drama's hard, right? Like, doing yeah. drama, it's tough. It's not easy. Even when you're acting with like someone you spend your whole life with, it's, it's difficult. They get, they ask so much from Alicia. They really do. And I just, I always question the why, but, you know, Eddie was good. Eddie's good. Yeah, yeah. No, Eddie. Eddie is has been nailing all his heel yeah. stuff, man. So, I'm uh, I'm interested to see where they go with Alicia. Yeah. I mean, I assume that Alicia is going to end up joining Eddie, right? I mean, they're married. I would. Um, <laughs> pro wrestling history would tell me don't book your divorce on national television. That never ends up well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, they they have to get back together eventually. So. <laughs> Um, Triple A, Reina de Reinas, and ROH, well, maybe ROH, uh, ROK, Ring of Connor, yeah. women's champion. Ring of Connor. Uh, come on, you, you don't like Ring of Connor? No, I like it. I like it. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Uh, Deanna Peraza defeated Giselle Shaw and uh, Lady Frost to retain both uh, championships. Um, so I can't remember who was challenging for us. So both titles were on the line. Giselle Shaw was challenging for one and Lady Frost was challenging for another. And whoever got the pinfall got whichever title that they were challenging for. I think that's what they were trying to do. Needlessly convoluted. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll go to the end here. Peraza locked in the Fujiwara on Shaw, but Frost, Fujiwara, who just recently wrestled, by the way, I saw that match. It was crazy. Um, but Frost locked in a knee bar on Peraza. Frost was taken down by Shaw's full Nelson and sent on, but Frost came back with her cannonball that she'd been attempting since the start. Peraza ran in and dropped both women on with a double German. Uh, Frost dropped Peraza with a superplex, uh, but she managed to roll out of the ring. Shaw and Frost traded near falls while Peraza was out. Frost even hit a blockbuster, but at that point, Peraza uh, returned, hit the Queen's Gambit on Frost, and pinned her before Shaw could break it up. Uh, I thought this was a really good match. Uh, I thought all three women did a great job. I thought it was fine for what it was. I just don't like three-way matches. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't like I mean, I don't like them. I yeah. don't, like, I don't yeah. like three-ways. I think that, I think that it, it dilutes what could be a better match, right? no other contest has three people fighting each other at once. Like I just, I find them to be needlessly convoluted. I did think I've been, I've been harsh on Giselle Shaw. I thought she looked really good in the ring tonight. She's really talented. Yeah. Um, I didn't think Frost was necessary. Right. I think we could have something good with Deanna and Giselle. And I know why Frost is there, but I just, I think she was just there. Yeah, I mean, so somebody has to eat the pen there. Yeah, she's, and again, that's what I said last week. Well, we know who's going to eat the pen. Well, and that's, <laughs> like, it's it's just obvious. I mean, it's obvious and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with something being obvious. I just don't like mold. I just don't like three way matches. I don't care for them. Yeah, um, I, I typically, I typically don't. You know, whenever you're trying to, you know, set some stuff up, you know, it's it's okay if there's a real story involved. I just didn't like the story they came into this it was a lot of bumping into each other backstage um but i thought the match itself though i thought was really good i thought it had a ton of action Did some really action. good near really good near falls a lot of athleticism um you know you, you brought up giselle shaw i thought uh, lady frost looked really good at times too there was a one move that i felt like she botched and landed right on her head i thought she broke her neck at one point but i i agree with that you gotta be careful yeah yeah but she turned out she was okay She's she's still green. She's getting better. She she's only been doing this for a few years. So a couple of years now, she should be she should be pretty good. You know. Yeah. Uh, next we got Jim Miller interviewing Josh Alexander about wrestling on no more while he's getting ready to go for the title. Alexander said that this was all training and a warm up for a rebellion, which is disrespectful, by the way, to old Matt Taven. Yes, it is. Uh, he said he he said he expected Moose to come after him because because of the ultimatum to sign the contract. So um, there's a little bit of foreshadowing there. Um, next we got, uh, this was a good promo by Alexander, by the way, I think yeah. he's really, he's really hitting, uh, hitting home runs every week right now. He's comfortable. He's very comfortable on the microphone. Now he's, uh, he's really grown into this role. He cuts a good white meat baby face promo. Yep, absolutely. Um, we got a recap of, uh, the good brothers challenging by by design for a title match next week. Afterwards, Scott Demore made the match official called Gallows and Anderson to the office and told them uh, that the tag division would be at ringside as Lumberjacks, to which Gallows and Anderson replied, why the hell do we need Lumberjacks? And I agree. Yeah, What's excellent. the point of the Lumberjacks? Excellent question from, from the big <laughs> LG. Like, it, yeah. it was just like Lumberjacks to have Lumberjacks. Yeah, like, we, we need a hook to get people to show up. Uh, yeah. So we're going to have Lumberjacks. And uh, to make sure that whoever wins, they will defend, oh, get this, you like multi-man matches? Well, we got the match for you. Defending an eight-team elimination match at Rebellion. And I have a sneaking suspicion that Heath and Rhino will be in that match. But uh, every single team that is either contracted, not contracted, or is somehow related to Impact Wrestling will be in that match. So I have a legitimate question. This eight-team elimination match, is this going to be all eight teams in the ring at the same time, whittling down? Or is it going to be like a gauntlet match? I think it's a gauntlet. I'm okay with that because at least the gauntlet match is two on two and there are two in this case, two teams on two teams. And then the match changes every X amount of minutes. I think those usually, I think gauntlet matches are actually pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so let, let, let's see, do they have eight teams? Hold on, let's count them up. We got, so. we got the, we got the good brothers, right? That's one. That's one. We got violent by design. That's two. Okay. 
Motor City Machine Guns. That's three. OGK. That's four. Uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Five. Okay. Heath and Rhino. That'd be six. Okay. Hold on. We have Jay and Chris Bay. If that's going to be a thing, that would be seven. I, I would not waste fucking Jay White in I that would, match. I would neither, but, you know, do we have eight <laughs> teams? Okay, hold on. What, G.O.D.? We have G.O.D. G.O.D. could be coming back. I, I, I think that's a very reasonable thing to think. D.K.? And then, who? D.K. Oh, and D.K. So there you go, eight teams right there. I, I would take out uh, Jay, Jay White and Chris Bay, put in G.O.D., and then add decay. Boom, eight teams. There you go. Surprising. Yeah. So I think they can pull this off. If not, they were going to be, you know, pulling up uh, some some folks from uh, OVW or something. Possibly. I was thinking that maybe they have some learning tree guys, which is still possible if they can't get OG, if they can't get uh, God back. Yeah. Uh, next, we got the Jonah beating up poor Zicky Dice again. This is uh this is some terrible matchmaking because they already did this. Like he already scored once say, before. I was gonna say, haven't we seen this match? Yeah, it's like, man, you know, you guys are in Kentucky. OVW is right there. I know there were OVW guys at the show. He couldn't have squashed somebody else. He had to squash Zicky again. Well, I think it was leading to an angle. I got well, yeah, yeah. clearly it led to an angle. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Like I was like, wow, Zicky doesn't even get an entrance anymore. Like he's just Zicky. Yeah, he was he was just standing in the ring, got got the squash, which is going to lead to a segment in a little bit that we'll we'll get into that I'm sure that both of us loved. But uh, oh, yeah. um, after the bell, I love this. This was ridiculously stupid, but I I happen to enjoy ridiculously stupid sometimes. After it was over, PCO was brought out on a stretcher by two EMTs who have great service, by the way. They brought him straight from the hospital on a stretcher, wheeled him all the way into the ring so that way he can go fight. I think that's very good service. Uh, obviously, these are contract uh, EMTs. They're not, you know, funded by the government, so that's good. Um, Thank God. Yeah, he came out in a stretcher where he was revived. Uh, PCO uh, made his way to the ring, and boy, did this crowd come unglued. Mm-hmm. Like, they were all into PCO, man. Super babyface. Um, he came to the ring. He brawled with Jonah once again. Security and referees had to come down to break them apart. And then uh, Jonah was on the outside being held back by security. And PCO went up to the top rope, hit a uh, hit a top rope cannonball on everybody, but Jonah managed to walk away unharmed from that cannonball. Um, awesome, awesome segment there. How do you not love PCO? I mean, how do you not love what he does? Like he's he's pro wrestling's Frankenstein, and for some reason, it works. It legitimately yeah. does work. He's really good at doing this kind of stuff. Um, I did not like seeing him have the honor no more. Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Graphic behind him, because it's yeah. very clear that they're getting him away from it. They should have taken advantage of that and just thrown up a PCO one. Right. Well, I, I think they want to do that in a storyline. I don't think they want to just remove him from the group without actually having a story behind it. It's like, oh, he's just he's just no longer in the group anymore because they haven't really even acknowledged that part. So, I think something has to happen, and then w- with him in honor no more, and then he will have his own music. And his own graphic and everything. Mm, possibly, yeah. The sooner they split him from it, the better. Because, like, we're going in two opposite directions here, right? And when the audience turns somebody, sometimes it's better just to, like, let it happen. Because you don't want to derail what you have going with I don't know more right now. You right. know? He doesn't fit with them anyway. No, never, no, he de- he definitely doesn't, and hasn't. So you know, whatever, it's good. I, I think uh, I think him the rematch with him and Jonah should be a lot of fun. Big beefy dudes yeah. doing crazy stuff. Oh yeah, man. Uh, next, we got footage of Tasha Steeles attacking Mickey James at one of her concerts. Thank God. I think she, yeah, she probably did the audience a favor with yeah. that freaking music. <laughs> I appreciate. It. Thank you, thank you, Tasha. <laughs> Uh, Miller uh, interviewed James about it and her upcoming match is now being a street fight. So we're going to get James and Tasha Steeles in a street fight in Philly. Cool. Uh, and the, Chelsea Green was there and uh, once again tried to convince James that let her be in her corner so she could take care of Savannah Evans. And James said, no, you have a limp arm and, uh, you know, she can take care of Steeles by herself. So still telling the story between uh, Green and James. Yeah, I mean, so we're, we're counting down to Chelsea turning on Mickey. The only question is, does she turn on her before? Is this a feud that's going to be for the title or going to be a feud that exists outside the title picture? Help the latter. I, yeah, I hope that Tasha is the champ for a while. That that would be my hope. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
Mickey doesn't need um, the title. Yeah. Uh, Masha Slamovich uh, defeated local job girl, Ari. Um, another quick squash. And uh, she looked great. And she hit she hit the snowplow. Al Snow's old move. She did. She's been using that. She's been using the snowplow lately. Um, you know, she's good at it. Uh, <laughs> she, she <laughs> I'm really trying hard not to make a Russian military joke. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I kind of. I kind of cringed because at one point they uh, somebody somebody tried to start a USA chat, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Masha's a U.S. citizen. So yeah, and has <laughs> just... been for quite some time. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah. Didn't she grow yeah. up here actually, or something like that? Or I, I yeah, I think she was born in Russia and like grew up, kind of like Layla Hirsch. Yeah, like uh, yeah, they they grew up in the states. They they just happen to speak both languages and have Russian heritage. So which is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, She's doing a better job than the Russian military right now. Uh, oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, then uh, we get Zicky Dice uh, backstage. He's talking to Jim Miller about losing against Jonah again. Uh, Dice said that he had the look, he had the body, and the charisma. Uh, body, I don't know about, but look and charisma. Look and charisma, I think he's good. <laughs> but he said he just couldn't figure it out. He thought maybe he wasn't meant to be a wrestler. And then Gia Miller says, well, maybe you should go to wrestling school. And he said, wrestling school, huh? And then they cut away to a commercial for a wrestling school. We've got a commercial for Johnny Swinger's new wrestling school, Swinger's Dungeon. And then they cut to Lance Storm, who does not endorse Swinger's Dungeon. So I thought that was a pretty perfect. cool. Uh... That's a perfect use of Lance Storm right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I... I could not stop laughing during this segment. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got to. I got to go pull ahead. it up in my. I got to pull it up in my phone. The line of the century um, was, and I texted it to you mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't forget. Um, do you fantasize about being a legend, a legendary wrestler like Gorgeous George, or her boyfriend, the Macho Man? <laughs> Dude, it killed me. I was like, <laughs> talk about. Talk about obscure references that only Mike and JD will get. Like that that's is, that's one of them. Like, is this too inside? I'm like, absolutely. That is absolutely too inside. I don't think anybody yeah. remembers Gorgeous George the Third, or should be Gorgeous George the Fourth. Yes, no one yeah. remembers Macho Man uh, Stephanie Bellers. I believe her name was. Yes, that was. Yeah, uh, that was a that yeah. was a thing for a little while. Boy, that was funny. And is <laughs> when um a lot of a lot of demolition marks here too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, he got he got slapped on the ass by a guy in a BDSM outfit. He goes, "Little stiff, stiffies, brother." There's a lot of demolition marks in here. And then he he ended up getting interrupted by a really skinny, creepy looking tattooed guy named Meat Davidson, uh, which is obviously a play on uh, Pete Davidson. And uh, then there was another girl there called the Bunny. I don't think that was an alley reference. I, I maybe they just gave her the name Bunny. I have no idea why, but yeah, I thought that was funny. I thought it was great. This might have been my favorite part of the whole show. Like, dude, Johnny <laughs> Swinger is legitimately the funniest thing in wrestling. There's some, there's, there's a lot of comedy in wrestling. A lot of it doesn't quite land, but Johnny Swinger's hilarious. Like, man, maybe you have to be a fan for twenty years to get his shtick, but if if you have been, it's perfect. Yeah, and you have to be the type of person that would be willing to watch impact. Right. Because if you're, if you're watching impact, chances are you're a hardcore wrestling fan already because it's, it's like a niche of a niche of a niche. It's several steps down from what, you know, as far as in popularity and even on your, your cable guide, you have to get the app to be able to watch it for a lot of people. So um, not according to Jerry McDivitt, according to Jerry McDivitt, (laughs) impacts existence proves the WWE does not have a monopoly of professional wrestling. Wasn't that great? Well, that was awesome. We'll, we'll get into that on Patreon <laughs> a little bit more. But yes, reading yeah. that, I was like, oh, a million wrestling fans' minds are going to melt at the WWE's own statements. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So after after that incredible commercial for Johnny Swinger's Dungeon, um, we uh, we get a re- rundown of what's going on next week. So we got Violent by Design versus Good Brothers for the tag titles. And Tasha Steeles versus Mickey James in a street fight um, for the uh, knockouts title. And I know on the Philly on the Philly tapings, uh, they're going to do I don't know which night, but they're going to do Bullet uh, Bay and White versus the Machine Guns again. Uh, I just don't know which night they're taping it. It's going to be fun again. That's really good. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All right. So we go to our main event, man. Uh, I thought was an incredible main event. And before we, you know, we get to the finish here, I just wanted to say, I, I hope um, a lot of people were, you know, a lot of impact fans and maybe didn't watch ring of honor finally get to appreciate just how good Matt Taven is. We already know Alexander's good. I think in this match, you saw that Matt Taven can hang with a guy like Alexander and could be a top guy in the company going forward. 100%. I think this could be a pay-per-view main event. Yes. I really do. I really do. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm absolutely with you. You know, pay-per-view or, you know, Impact Plus Special, I, either one, man. I, I think you can, run, you can run with this match. Uh, let, let Taven uh, take, take the ball here, man. I thought he, I thought he looked great. Did. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go here towards the end. Okay. Alexander finally gained momentum with some clotheslines, forearms, and big boots. A Northern, Northern Lights suplex bridge by Alexander for a two-count. Alexander went for a C4, but the damage of the arm was too much, and he wasn't able to lift up Taven, who came back with a purple thunder bomb. He doesn't do that blue stuff. He's a purple guy. He's a purple people eater. Um, 1970s Minnesota Vikings reference, by the way. Uh, and into a submission. But again, Alexander reversed uh, into more Germans. Taven hit a knee strike but didn't capitalize. Both men traded strikes, ending with Alexander setting up Taven for the running crossbody to the back. Once again, Alexander went for the C4, but Taven blocked and surprised him with a roll-up for a near fall, which actually got me for a second. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. uh, Taven followed with a disaster kick and the climax, but Alexander reversed into the ankle lock. Taven uh, made the ropes. Alexander uh, superplexed Taven, rolled through it, and then hit the C4 spike and got the victory in a, a, you know, an awesome main event. And, you know, man, the Louisville crowd was hot for this match too. They, they were really into it, man. And there were times I felt they were tired. And then there were lots of spots where they just came unglued for this match. Um, I, I thought the match was incredible. Well, when you get to, <clears throat> you get two professional wrestlers, and that's what those guys are. They are professional wrestlers. They're good at their job. They know how to get over you're going to get good reactions to that, man. Like this is, this is what we come to see. You come to see two guys that are really good at their craft, putting on a really good match. Like I, I truly think impact is underutilizing Taven right now. Like I really believe that this guy, he was great. Like him and Josh had a great match. Like it was, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. And I think the reason why they're underutilizing Taven is because he's not under contract. And I think they need to fix that. I need to fix that situation. I know, I know uh, there's a lot of sexy picks out there. You got Samoa Joe, and I, hey, I'm all for that. Claudio, cool. Gargano, cool. But you got a guy right there in, in, in house who wants to be there, it seems. You know, let's lock him down, man. Let's, let's keep this guy around. Agreed. So afterwards, we saw Moose. Um, he's driving up and is, he's arriving at Josh Alexander's home. And now, this says it's Josh Alexander's home. This place looked like a mansion. I oh. get the feeling this might have been like Ed Nordholm's house or somebody. I was going to say, Josh, how much is Josh getting for that contract? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, like, wow, he's got like a six-car garage. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, I'm like, wow, Josh Rich. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is um, huge. I don't think that was Josh's house. Like, no, no. Josh was working construction before this. So, but right. it was good. Continue. Yes. Uh, he arrives at his home, uh, knocks on the door, and then Jade Chung lets him in. Um, and he basically, he has an envelope in his hands and he said, hey, I came to deliver this contract to uh, Anthem headquarters. I needed to do it before the end of the night, but they're closed. Since you just live a few minutes away, a callback to uh, what Josh said at Sacrifice, since you just live a few minutes away, can you please go ahead and deliver this in the morning? And then they, they pan down to... Um, to Jade's leg, and then there's little Jet hugging her leg, and then Moose squats down. And he said, "Hey, Jet, you remember me? It's your daddy's friend from work, Moose. Tell your daddy Moose came looking for him." And then he uh, grabbed the cameraman and and he left the house. And uh, I know some people were bothered by this. I thought it was a great segment. I thought it was, you know, I my friend who is uh, he's like you. He is actually a uh, he is a he has his own little production company here mm -hmm. in this area where I'm at now. And he said, "Look." Moose was great, but I couldn't stop staring at the shadow from the cameraman. I was like, "Oh yeah, you're a you're you're a producer, right?" <laughs> so I, know, I see why you would notice that. I didn't notice that though. But uh, I, what, I what did you think of the segment? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I had spoilers in this because we I watched on the app, and I was looking at. I think it was probably during the Caleb with the K thing because I have no recollection of that happening. Um, yeah. Bix, David Bix and Span posted 
I, I, I sent you the whole thing. Let me pull it up real quick. Like he, he was. Uh, yeah, this guy just can't lay off a of moose, man. He's well, always and, anytime moose does anything, and moose has not been nice to him either. No, but. no, they don't like each other. They don't like each other. Impact. Yeah. I'm going to quote this. This is David Dixon's man quotes. Impact went off there with the guy who has documented domestic violence history showing up at the home of a guy he's suing with when he said he was there to terrorize said guy's wife. Say, didn't Scarlett say the other day that she and Cross would never go back to Impact under any circumstances? Which, by the way, I think is a win for Impact. To be quite honest, yeah, with yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're ever going to be invited. By the way, no. The fact that Cross is going to New Japan, it like ugh, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then it was. God, Impact is the most malevolently stupid company. That's a yeah. I mean, control and, your narratives what, right there. Like right. <laughs> and then uh another this is the third one. Impact Wrestling, definitely not a company with a deserved reputation of being run by creepy weirdos. So he put all these things out. And in my head, I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be like Austin and Pillman. This is gonna be crazy. And then what happened was fine, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't fine. think, like, I, I built it up. This is my fault. I said, didn't I put it on Twitter? I'm like, this didn't work for me. This is why. Because in my head, this was built up to be like a gnarly segment. When in a way, he was just being kind of intimidating, kind of a dick. Like, I, if, any, I, I, if anything, I wish he'd have ramped it up even higher. <laughs> like, I right, thought he, Moose could have been way more dangerous in this. Yeah, again, he could have. He could have broke some shit. It's not that it was it was Alexander's house to begin with. That's true. <laughs> well, that's probably yeah. this is probably at Nordholm's house. So you don't want to do that. No, but he, yeah. I honestly thought he because he didn't really threaten Jade, who by the way has a ring doorbell. She could have checked the phone and saw that it was Moose. Um, <laughs> right. Like that's neither here nor there. Like I just I don't know. I thought it was a really good idea, but again, I thought it, I just got so built up to me because of you know Dixon Span's overreactions that. I thought Moose was going to like terrorize Jade, like some no. horror movie stuff. No, that wasn't at all. He just kind of, <laughs> he just kind he, of he intimidated was, her because he couldn't use DocuSign. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was being, you know, a bit intimidating, but he didn't do anything crazy. He didn't put his hands on nobody. <laughs> no. And he didn't even say anything overly mean, no. you know, but he was, he was just like an intimidating guy. He didn't do anything. No, so, I'm so disappointed Dick, with this. I know. Bixen, Bixen Span would know a lot about creepy weirdos, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, look, I, I, I frequent the F4W board and he yeah. has a history. Okay. He's got a history. Not, a, they're not big fans of old Bix there. He just, no. he, he's the type of guy who just sits around waiting for someone to be abused so he can write about it. He is a weirdo, yeah. but he is a good historian. Uh, so I do follow him. He's a, he's quite the historian and he's really good at research. So I think he's a valuable guy to have around. Between but he is just, oh, yeah. He's just always looking for controversy. And when you got that controversy, unless you lay yourself at his feet, he will stay on you for the rest of your life. And that's what he's doing with Moose. But in his defense, Moose, and also not he's not not only is he unwilling to lay himself at bix's feet because who the hell is bix anyway right um he he was actually quite mean back to him and said a lot of hurtful things to him so i i get why bix you know hates him more than most but um yeah and you know so whenever bix goes on about moose i don't put any stock into it whatsoever oh you can't i mean you can't like i think yeah. there's a lot of things that bix is on earth like just this week he uh he brought back the donahue segment with dave and and vince mcmahon which is just classic for anybody that like loves to ride vince mcmahon and be like they don't know they barely know who Meltzer is it's like oh no they're very aware of who dave Meltzer is and they'll yeah. try to downplay him but dave i mean like dave and phil donahue if you have a chance because bix did tweet out it's the segment from, from 30 years ago with the ring boy scandal which is just amazing that Vince McMahon survived that whole thing. I have not my oh, yeah. job to get into that on this show, but yeah, but for stuff like that, Bix and Span is great. But when it comes to between the sheets, great podcast, but this was again, so overblown. Like, right. I came out of this going, Oh my God, that could have been a thousand times more vicious and cool. You know? Yeah. So if yeah. anything, and he, I was he went off on, he went off on, yeah, he went off on moose whenever that angle with, Chelsea Green happened when he pushed her down, and I know it's rust. And I was, it's impact. We like we have intergender matches all the time. Yeah, like this, this is no big deal. And I understand the Moose has has a, a history. That history was long time ago before he ever joined Impact. As far as I know, he hasn't had any issues since. And that 
that issue that he did have while he was in the NFL was dropped rather quickly. Now I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't do something wrong. I, I, I don't, I just don't think we all know, no, but I think that, I think Bix has decided what the result of that was and what the truth is. And he doesn't even know, but he's not willing to let Moose up to breathe and not even, uh, and people aren't willing to hear Moose out. Moose has spoken on the record on this many times. He just hasn't done so with Bix. I, you know, it, it's weird. Cause God damn, this is so, I, I, I'm trying not to step in anything, but I mean, like when, it's hard to, to there's a reason why courts don't prosecute everything and there's a lot of reasons right it could be a million things yeah. so um i don't know man i'm not going to touch it because again there's no way there's nothing i can say it doesn't get me in trouble one way or another so it's um you know the man can work you know yeah. whether, you, whether you agree with it or not the man can have a job and it's wrestling and wrestling is scuzzy impact yeah. in particular as a history being scuzzy so I don't I don't mind using him in this segment, especially especially with Jade Chung of all people, because right. that was you know for those of you who are not Ring of Honor fans, she was part of the embassy where the late Jimmy Rave used to use her as a uh, a, a ramp to get up there. He would step on Jade to get into the ring. So I mean, like <laughs> that's you know Jade is a wrestler. She's she is she understands part of the show. So again, this was. This was fine. Again, what bummed me out, I wish I hadn't seen this because if I had watched this cold, I probably would have really liked this segment. And afterwards, I was like, oh, man, he should have lit their house on fire. Like, I was just like, <laughs> like, like I was waiting for like, I yeah. was waiting for it to turn to like last house on the left or something like that. It was just, yeah, it could never live up to your, what, what it your inner, in my head. Your inner Stephen King fans just started to come out when this, thinking that Bix, Bix was horrified by a scene, but really, Moose didn't really even do anything. Do anything. He didn't do anything. He wasn't even no. like my, he was mildly threatening to jet who, yeah. you know, did about as good of acting as a three-year-old could possibly do. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Again, I'm, you know, yeah, like I said, Stephen King fan here or something. Ooh, what do we got here? Oh, nothing. yeah. So, so, so Hey, um, what article that's going to do it for this week, everybody on the free feed. I'm sorry. Sorry. We went on a ramp about a rant about Bigs and Span to end the show. Oh, I, I have no qualm with this. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure you got some stuff to plug though, man. What you got coming out. So I got to write about Scott Hall this week, like everybody else, right? Everybody's writing about Scott Hall. And I think the vast majority of people are going to focus on the addiction and the overcome and, you know, the, the, the resident Jake, Jake, the snake, DDP, all that kind of stuff, which is great. But I don't, I don't think I could say anything about that that hasn't already been said, right? Like any, everyone is going to talk about those things and his battles and you know how he beat his demons and all those kind of things. It's a great story. I chose instead to focus on how Scott Hall individually changed professional wrestling, right? Because if Scott Hall doesn't get tired of Vince McMahon not paying him what he thinks he's worth. And then I get into this article, Scott Hall is yeah. not happy with his payouts, asks Vince, hey, how can I make more money? Vince goes, no. He goes, well, then can I go to Japan and split time? And he goes, no. So <laughs> Scott Hall went to WCW. They yeah. paid him more money and for less dates. And then he told Kevin Nash. And Kevin Nash said, I would also like that, more money with less dates. That's it right there, man. Yeah, and uh, we're we're gonna get into a lot of Scott Hall stuff uh, coming up on the Patreon. So, if you're a Patreon subscriber, stick around. Or if you're not and you want to hear that content, go to uh, Patreon.com/slash Fight Game Media. It's only five bucks a month for for our stuff and a uh, tons of other stuff uh, up on that Patreon. Well, what's fascinating too about this is the time in which he left is when Vince McMahon finally acknowledged WCW as competition. This is the same time he was losing his mind on his own show about the Time Warner Turner merger, right? The first one of the, not the one that killed him in 2001, but the one that happens in 96 when Turner gets bought by, gets merged with Time Warner, right? Yeah. And at that time is when Vince was freaking out. Like Vince was wasting time on his own show and Scott Hall used all that stuff in his WCW debut. And it literally changed wrestling. Right. Cause I don't know if you guys are aware of this in 1995, professional wrestling was God awful. Bad. It was so bad. And like H Hogan was on WCW feuding with the dungeon of doom. And it was oh, like the shits. It was so bad. 
but it wasn't better in WWE where everybody had to have a second gimmick. You had Duke, the dumpster Drozzy and uh, 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 TL Hopper, the plumber and thir- uh, Bob spark plug, Holly. Like it was bad. Anything that wasn't Bret Hart and well, diesel 95 is actually decent, but I mean, like everything else was bad. Pro wrestling was bad. Scott Hall going to WCW made it cool. And it's almost single-handedly because he launched the most important angle because pro wrestling was going in a bad spot. He launched one of the single most important professional wrestling angles basically on his own, right? They gave him the layway to do that, that whole first promo. And it changed professional wrestling to this day. That is his legacy. Guys are paid differently because of Scott Hall, right? I, I don't think it's a stretch to say He's one of the most important figures in the business, in the history of the business. Oh, no, I, I, I completely agree, man. Totally agree. Uh, and as far as me stuff coming out, I should have something out probably on Monday cause I am on the road this weekend. So, uh, so stay tuned for my, uh, for my column. I'm sure I'll cover the ratings or whatever they might be. I, you know, they, they were good one week. They're down again, you know, last week. And then who knows they'll, they'll, they'll probably, you know, break records this week. Who knows how it's going to work. Uh, March madness. <laughs> Yeah, March Madness is back. All right, but hey, that's going to do it for us on the free feed. Uh, stick around, Patreon. We've got some cool content coming up. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.